uh, as, as we all know, uh, Jesus had instructed the disciples to, to go and wait until the promised Holy Spirit would arrive. And 50 days later, the disciples are gathered together in a room and the Holy Spirit falls upon them, fills them. Uh, you know, we, we, we call it being filled with the Holy Spirit. We call it being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Whatever it was, there was this, this amazing moment where the presence of God filled this group of men. And, 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 and men who were before, they, they were so afraid to go out uh, and, and to, to even be uh, seen with, with Jesus uh, or, or, or to, to, to stand up. All of a sudden you have Peter who denied Jesus three times standing up in the midst of this crowd and he is boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says that that day 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit today. And in preparation to speak today, I started to just really research, just really start to grab a bunch of verses and everything. And I started to re quickly realize that to, to really give this proper uh, uh, what, what it requires, we, we could study the Holy Spirit for years and never really truly get to the depths of it. But I think that the key to what I really want to get into today is that 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. There is so much about the Holy Spirit there is so much that we could sit and talk about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a little bit of it today, uh, but at the end of the day, the reason that the Holy Spirit came, the reason that the Holy Spirit indwells in each one of us, the reason that we have the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the reason that we are led by the Holy Spirit, the reason for all of that is so that we can go out and tell other people about Jesus. That, at the core, is the reason for the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, just, just one little interesting side note that I had never known before, but uh, Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection. 50 days after uh, the, the resurrection um, is when the Holy Spirit came down and, and, and uh, we were given the Holy Spirit and the Spirit brings life, right? The Spirit brings life. Resurrection Sunday is also Passover. It's when the Israelites, uh, the Jews, were celebrating Passover. And 50 days after the original Passover, when they left Egypt, 50 days later, they were at the base of the mountain of, of Mount Sinai. And that's when they received the law. And, and, and if, you, if you know, the law brings death. In, in, in that moment, when, 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 when uh, Moses came down the mountain, he had the stones, uh, and he saw that they were not being obedient to what God had, had instructed them to do. 3,000 people died that day. 
And I had never put together before that it was kind of a reversal of what happened at Mount Sinai. 50 days later, 3,000 people are brought the law and uh, they're put to death. Three, uh, 50 days after Jesus raises from the dead, we're given the Spirit and the Spirit brings life. 3,000 people are added. To me, that was just such an amazing thing uh, to read. But like I said, the Holy Spirit is a very difficult thing to explain and to, to dig into. Uh, this past Wednesday, uh, at our men's Bible study, we started to talk about the Holy Spirit. And there were some very heavy uh, points of view, some opinions that were on different ends of the spectrum. You know, what do you do with speaking in tongues? What do you do with, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? We're going to talk about some of that this morning. But it can incite some really powerful emotions in you when you talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, growing up in a Christian Reformed church, I was never really told about the Holy Spirit. We talked a whole lot about God, we talked a whole lot about Jesus, but we never talked about the Holy Spirit. And when I get the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one and talk with some people, sometimes people are like, oh, don't, 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 don't talk to me about that, that Holy Spirit stuff. That, that stuff was all way back in the day. We don't talk about that now. In fact, I remember growing up as a kid that if we met somebody who was a Pentecostal, uh, you thought, oh boy, here's a weird one. Right? I've got, I've, got, I've got a weird one on the line here. And, and, and through the years, there were things that confirmed that for me. I remember as a young man being at the gym, and some other guy just came up to me and was like, hey man, do you want to hear me speak in tongues? And I was like, uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what you're... And then he just, he just proceeded to, to go ahead and do it, right? And, and, and I've been part of other ministries over the years where, where they have abused the Holy Spirit for their own gain. And we see that a lot. You see people start to believe that the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit that are flowing through them, uh, they, they somehow start to believe that they are special or they are anointed or that they are elevated above other people. And then that's where spiritual abuse starts to come in. So I want to be able to talk about the Holy Spirit today uh, but also recognize that, that there may be some in the room that have maybe had some adverse uh, interactions with people on behalf of the Holy Spirit. Revelations 12.11 says that we overcome our enemy. We overcome the dragon by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, and by not loving our lives so much as to shrink from death. So what I'm going to do today is, for the first few minutes, I'm just going to share some testimony about what the Holy Spirit has done in my life. Then we're going to go to Scripture and see what Scripture has to say about the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to talk about what that means for us stepping out in boldness and not shrinking from death to go out into a, a world that is against the gospel and to preach the gospel. So I'm just going to start with some personal testimony right off the bat. Like I said, uh, 
born and raised in a, a family in a church that really didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. Uh, but in 2009, I joined the Conqueror's Strength Team, and uh, it was the first time that I was part of a ministry where there was a group of guys that when we got together, they were praying, some of them were praying in tongues, uh, there was prophetic words that were shared, there was a whole lot of talking about healing, there was a whole lot of talking about things that were very much outside of what I knew to be true. But over time, I started to see how God was working through this ministry. I started to see some really miraculous things start to happen. So I said, God, I, I, I feel like there's more to this Christian walk than just knowledge and being a good doobie. Right? I feel like there's so much more. And, and, and Lord, I, I feel like there, there's, there's something about your Holy Spirit that, that I need to know. So, so I, I really started to pray that God would show me His Holy Spirit, show me how He works. And uh, I was given the opportunity to lead a team into a Detroit area prison um, uh, just six months after starting on this team. Six months, I'm leading a team. Uh, I've got two guys with me, and we're in front of 600 prisoners out in this, uh, uh, <laughs> just, just, just out in this field, right? And uh, the chaplain brings up this dude who literally, he is the biggest guy I've ever seen. He's standing six feet four. He's probably about 300 pounds. This dude is jacked, probably a 600-pound bench presser. He's just unbelievably huge. And I'm like, and I'm supposed to be the strong guy, right? And uh, brings up this guy, and uh, hey, this, he introduces me to this guy, and we talk for a second. And then that guy goes and sits back down. And the chaplain turns to me and he says, if you get that guy, you've got the whole place. Right? So um, it's a strange thing about prisons. They only let you take in certain items that will go out in one piece. So one of the things that we do for our team is we rip phone books in half. We rip decks of cards in half. We break baseball bats. But anything that was going to go into two pieces couldn't come in. So the only two things that we could bring in were a steel bar and a steel horseshoe. At that time, I could not bend either one. So here I am about to share my gospel and talk to these 600 prisoners about how strong I am and about the presence of God, and I can't do the feats of strength that I've brought in. So I just said, Lord, I need you right now. I, I, I need you to do something amazing. Lord, just give me some strength. This is something. Do something. And uh, so I came up with this idea. I was like, I'm going to call out that big dude. I'm going to call out that big dude and see if he can come up and bend to the horseshoe. And if he does it, then I don't have to do it. <laughs> but if he can't do it, then it's not that big of a deal that I can't do it either. So I call this guy up. He tries as hard as he can. He cannot bend that horseshoe. He hands it over to me, and he says, if you get that, he's like, you got my respect. Right? So now I'm like, oh, man. This is slightly backfiring here. So I went to start bending that horseshoe, and I started leaning in there like this, and uh, started really pushing. It was starting to bend just a little bit, and I'm like, all right, come on, come on. And all of a sudden, I felt the most excruciating pain in my leg. It was like my leg tore from here to here. 
and it was like, like I got the, the immediate like cold sweats and all of a sudden, like I stood up and all of a sudden I was like, my vision was starting to go like this. And I'm like, I'm passing out in front of 600 prisoners and I've just tore my quad muscle. I am in so much pain. This is not going well. And for about maybe 10 seconds, I was just sitting there like this, like completely incapacitated. And all of a sudden, I felt this rush. I felt this rush of wind. Uh, my, everything came back. The, the music came back up loud. And all of a sudden, I just felt rejuvenated. I saw this rush of light go through. And I stood up. And I was like, okay, I didn't pass out. I'm okay. And I went like this to shake my leg. My leg didn't hurt. And... The crowd was still cheering. I'm like, they don't even know. I just about passed out. And then I went down here like this, and I folded that horseshoe over like it was a piece of clay. And I went on to share my testimony and preach the gospel, and the majority of those 600 prisoners gave their life to Christ that day, right? Here's the part that really got me. You see, we were part of a group with prison fellowship that was going into prisons and sharing the gospel. We got back into our van afterwards, and sitting behind me was this Christian comedian, and he said, hey, Mike, so what happened today when you were bending that horseshoe? And I turned around, and I go, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, he's like, let me tell you how it came from my perspective. He said, you started bending that horseshoe. And he said, I had this unction on my heart to start praying for you. He said, because I felt like the enemy was attacking your right leg. He said that the, God was showing me that the enemy was attacking you and he was against you. So he said, I prayed, Mike. I prayed that the Holy Spirit would come and work on your behalf. And he said, and then I saw this mighty rush that went flowing through you. And he said, and then you bent that horseshoe. And so for a guy who grew up in a church not talking about the Holy Spirit, who was saying, God, I want you to show me the power of the Holy Spirit. And to have an experience like that, I was like, all right, Lord, there's, so, there's something here. Like, I like that, that, that just that there's, took me from this camp over here into this camp over here and saying, there is something so powerful about the Holy Spirit. So I, a few weeks later, I find myself in this, uh, I find myself in this uh, men's retreat that I went on called Quest. And one of the days you were really working on hearing from the Holy Spirit, I'm like, all right, Lord, I want to hear from you. I, I, I want to I genuinely hear from you. So we didn't talk all day. We just went out in the woods, and, and, and I just journaled. And I started writing down things that I felt like God was telling me. One of the things that I wrote down that day is I, I, I said, I want to be dangerous to hell. I want, and I wrote that down. I said, I want to be dangerous to hell. And I folded that up in my, uh, my manual. I, I put it put it away. Went through the rest of the uh, men's retreat. Um, some really cool things happened that, that weekend. But a month later, 
a month later, this is back in 2009, I found myself at a prayer gathering. And this woman that I barely knew came up to me and she said, hey, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And I said, yeah, sure. And again, I'm still kind of teetering on what's this Holy Spirit stuff. And so she grabs my hand, she starts praying for me, and she was kind of praying some real generic stuff, uh, but then all of a sudden she just stopped. And her hands started to grip down really tight on my hands. And like to the point where I was like, what are you doing? Trying to play like, uh, you know, trying to put me down here? This ain't going to work, tiny little lady. But she just gripped down on my hands really hard, so I opened my eyes. She was just going like this, and she opened her eyes and looked into my eyes, and she said, you are dangerous to hell. Nobody, including my wife, had even looked into that manual that I had written out. Nobody had, I hadn't told anybody that I wrote that down, but God knew God knew that I'm going to speak through this lady to get to Mike's heart to show him that people do receive words of knowledge. People do receive prophetic words. That to me was a moment that really, really just solidified things. So for the next few years, I just really started just putting it out there. We, uh, we did the one time... Um, uh, you guys might understand. You guys ever done a treasure hunt? Okay, okay. So, so, so we would pray about who God wanted us to, to uh, go and pray for, right? So we would spend time, whether it was a men's group or a Bible study or something like that, we would sit there and we would spend time and we would say, Lord, would you show us who you want us to go pray for? And there was this one time we were down in Tennessee and... Um, we were with our family. My daughters were a lot younger at that point. And um, my daughters said, hey, let's do a treasure hunt. And we were with a family that was very much not on the Holy Spirit side of things. And I said, I don't think we're going to do a treasure hunt today. Right? We're going uh, to, that's not really their thing. And they're like, no, let's do it. Let's do it. And I said, all right, you guys come up with a list. Uh, you come up with the person that we're supposed to pray for. And if we see that person uh, on in the river uh, in Tennessee, uh, where nobody else is, um, we'll pray for that person. So they come up with this really, like this list of like 10 things, just down to tattoos and where they're standing, what they're wearing, uh, the, the type of tattoos, smoking a cigarette, standing in the river, uh, and all this stuff, right? So we get out, having our picnic, and 10 minutes later, my daughters are coming up to me. They're just shaking, right? Because there stands the guy. There stands this guy in the middle of the river wearing the shoes with the shorts, the tattoos that match, smoking a cigarette. And so we go up to him and I'm like, this is really weird, dude. But we, uh, we kind of came up with this list like 20 minutes ago of somebody that we were supposed to pray for. And here's the list. And we handed him that list. He's looking at it for a second. He takes a big drag out of a cigarette and he looks at me and he goes, that's me. <laughs> and uh, that led into a time of praying with him. And he was actually down there because 
20 minutes later, when my daughters were in the van coming up with that list, uh, 20 minutes uh, later, or earlier, he was wading out into the river holding his newborn baby and he slipped on a rock and fell. And the baby was fine, but he just needed to go and take a minute and he was really angry with God. He was like, God, why would you let that happen to me while I was holding my baby? But it really spoke to him because he's like, in that moment I knew that God saw me. God had me. The baby was fine. One more quick story. One night I was driving to the gym. I often go to the gym really late at night. And uh, I was going to the gym, passing Myers, and the Holy Spirit just said, I want you to go into Myers. I want you to walk all the way to the back of Myers. So I walked all the way to the back of Myers, and I'm just walking through the aisles. It's like midnight. Uh, and I'm like, what am I doing back here? And all of a sudden, one of the employees at Myers comes up to me, and he's like, hey, how you doing? It's like, good. We started talking, and I had this necklace on, and he's like, hey, that necklace, uh, it, uh, that's, that's the name of God, isn't it? And I was like, oh, yeah. I said, are you a believer? He says, no, I'm an atheist. And I just looked at him, and I said, no, you're not. He said, no, yes, I, yeah, I, I'm an atheist. He's like, he's like, I tried the God stuff, and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's never really worked for me. And I said, you're not an atheist. I said, let's meet for coffee tomorrow. Uh, met him down at a coffee shop in, in downtown Holland. And the, I, I shared with him just one verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he said, he just said, Mike, I got to stop you. He said, I'm done fighting. He said, because the entire time that I was walking here to meet with you today, that scripture kept going through my head. That was the one scripture that kept going through my head. He's like, he's like, I know that the Lord sent you to get pull me back. And he rededicated his life that day. Now I'm really short on time, but uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to tell you, the Holy Spirit's all through the Bible. Acts 2 is not the first time that we see the Holy Spirit. In fact, Genesis uh, 1, verse 2, the second verse in the Bible, uh, we see that He is hovering over the waters. All throughout the Old Testament, we see moments where the Holy Spirit, uh, when, uh, as uh, Libby, uh, in her little talk about David, uh, when, when he was anointed, uh, it said that the Holy Spirit came upon David and empowered him from that day forward. Right? Even Saul at one point had the Holy Spirit drop on him and it said that Saul started to prophesy. When Samson was going around, we often look at Samson as being this big jacked dude, but I would submit to you that I think that Samson might have been just very average. But what it says is that when the Holy Spirit came upon him, then he did this, this, and this. When the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, he ripped a lion apart. When the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, he went and did this. We see the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. And especially when it gets to Acts 2. We see the Holy Spirit come. And then, obviously, we see the disciples move forward and they're healing and they're, they're, they're laying hands on people and they're preaching. They're having 
uh, prophetic words and words of knowledge. They're, they're, they're doing mighty and amazing things. Now, one of the questions that came up at our Bible study on, on Monday night that, that kind of created a little uh, confusion and, and maybe uh, some conflict, but people will say, well, do I need to speak in tongues to prove that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to tell you that the, the short answer to that is no. The short answer that, to that is no. Uh, that there are a lot that will point to that and say, well, if you haven't spoken in tongues, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. That is a lie. Because there is a scripture, I think we're going to throw it up there. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12.3. You got that one, Dave? Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting in here today and you have acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. Then the Holy Spirit lives in you. And here's the really good news. Is that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you today and is available to you today. To every single one of you. So that means when we look at the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, self-control. Um, I missed one or two there, I'm sure. But uh, we have the ability to tap into the Holy Spirit to be able to connect with people in that way out of love. To, to have Holy Spirit-led patience with people. To have Holy Spirit-led love for people. To, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To have joy in the midst of really, really difficult times. But it also talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And when we are filled with the gifts of the Spirit... Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another the message of knowledge, by the means of the same Spirit, another faith, by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing, by that uh, one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, uh, distinguishing between uh, spirits, another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as He determines. And I'm just going to wrap up. God has given us His Holy Spirit because Ephesians 6.10 tells us that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. We are engaged in a battle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the principalities, against the spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms. We are engaged in that battle. And many of us have this Holy Spirit inside of us that we just hold down and say, no, But if we were to allow that Holy Spirit to work through us, to flow through us, if we cultivate that, say, Lord, show me how to work 
in connection with your Holy Spirit to, to lead people to you, to have positive words to bring. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are powerful for the breaking down of strongholds. God has placed His Holy Spirit in us because He knows that on our own, we cannot defeat the enemy. But with Him, the enemy has nothing He can do against us. Nothing. I was at a meeting a little over a week ago, and one of the statistics that they handed out just really hit me. The statistic was this. Roughly 155,000 people per day are dying that do not know Jesus as their Savior. 150,000 people are dying per day that don't know Jesus as their Savior. This past weekend, I have been to two funerals. I've been to two funerals, and as I sit at those funerals, it just sparks a flame of urgency inside of me. And that's why I get just so excited when I see a generation of young people who are saying, we are going to go out uh, all around the nation and we are going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are going to use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us to go and bring people and draw people to Him. The Bible says, no one comes to, the, no one comes to me, Jesus says, lest the Father draws them. The Holy Spirit is in you and is wanting to draw people to Jesus through you. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. God has placed you in, in, in unique places to be able to draw people to Him. And God, yes, the Holy, uh, through the Holy Spirit, He will give you the ability to lay hands on somebody and see them healed. I've seen it. Things that have rocked me. God will give you the ability to have a word of knowledge for somebody when you need to. God will give you faith when it's hard. He will fill you with joy in the midst of sorrow. It's His Holy Spirit that does that work. But it's all to fulfill the Great Commission. To go out into the world and to tell people the Gospel. That's what we are commanded to do. Close with me in prayer. Father God, we just thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You uh, for Your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank You that Your Holy Spirit is alive in each one of us. Lord, I thank You that Your Holy Spirit brings power. That Your Holy Spirit uh, does mighty and amazing things. God, You are so good. Lord, I just pray Your blessing upon us. Lord, I pray Your blessing upon this crew from every heart. Lord, that You would do infinitely more than they could even ask or imagine.